0: Shalom, welcome to The Cloud with Apostle Michael Henney, the Presbyter of Malik Fortress, a religious organization. We are continuing with what I started previously, the conscience, what the conscience is, and I said that the conscience is the first organ of your spirit man, the first organ of your spirit man, aside, perception, and then compassion, and I touched on 11 different kinds of conscience written in the word of God. Each of these words identify types of conscience possessed by both the saved and the unseaved individuals. We are going to take our time and then we're going to go through the 11 kinds of conscience elucidated in the pages of scriptures. Hallelujah. A conscience is considered ungodly a conscience can also be considered godly. Now, for the first part of this podcast, I'm going to touch on a conscience that is considered ungodly, unhealthy. Number one is the conscience affected by dead religious work. Conscience affected by dead religious work. A true spiritual service requires a right understanding of the fearing God. And being able to hear what the Spirit of Truth desires for you to do. Without these principles, the acts are dead, no matter how religious or seemingly helpful, and regrettably, the conscience suffers damage by the lack of spirit-led instruction and fearing God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14: How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. Perch your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28 also says, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. There is nothing any one of us can do to end God's acceptance. Grace, therefore, is the only means whereby genuine approval comes. Therefore, every spiritual led action must originate from the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and coordinately impelled by the motivation of the Spirit of God by the motivation of fearing God as well. Individuals who do not possess these motivating factors operate from a performance basis and corrupt their conscience, making it difficult for them to accurately hear the spirit of truth. One of the reasons that Jesus shed his blood was for the purpose of purifying the conscience so that life could be governed by the truths of his kingdom according to the fear of the Lord. Sadly, this type of conscience ought not to be present in the church, and yet it is by far one of the primary reasons so many believers have difficulty hearing the Lord and advancing in spiritual growth. Only an understanding of the message of fearing God and revelation of the power of the blood can correct this disability. Hallelujah. Now, another one I want us to consider under conscience that are ungodly is weak conscience, weak conscience. The weak or disabled conscience is one that has no power or strength. Weak is from the Greek translation, asthenesis, thus without strength, this condition of weakness radically restrains and ultimately cripples the will of man. A person with a weak or disabled conscience is unable to make godly choices and can't sustain decisions when holiness is required. Therefore, if the spirit of truth witnesses to their inner man concerning what is right, they they will become double-minded. In other words, they vacillate. In most cases, such persons have never heard their own allotrated biblical truth. Or they learned legalism or even more commonly a mixture of both so they don't know what to believe or do the Bible says in first Corinthians chapter 8 verse 10 to 12 for if any man see thee which has knowledge sit at meat in the idols temple shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish, for whom Christ died. But when ye sin, so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Surrounded by the morals contrary to godliness, their conscience often doesn't develop in a healthy manner. So they, 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 their will is passive and they fail in the following. In following the inward witness of the Holy Spirit, various influences such as parents who train or don't train the fear of the Lord properly as well as education, family, entertainment, friendships, and twisted Christian doctrine influenced by humanism or play a major role in the lack of the health development of science conscience. Consequently, people possessing a weak conscience tend to absorb a mixture of truth Philosophies and opinions, eventually resulting in some form of compromise. Additionally, some situations harmful physical stimuli or chemicals, such as prebirth conception of alcohol and dangerous drugs, damage the people's physical ability to practically connect with their conscience, and the conscience is also disabled. For example, festuses exposed to the crack, known as crack babies carried by alcoholic mothers, resulting in fatal alcoholic syndrome become defenseless victims and are generally owners of a weak conscious social workers dealing with such young ones say of them when trying to teach them appropriate and moral behaviors they just don't get it when they've done something wrong. If correction comes, they simply don't understand, often taking the correction as Condemnation or legalism. So, a weak conscience is defined as literally, figuratively, or morally feeble, impotent, or sick. Individuals owing such a conscience demonstrate passivity in mind and will as well. Paul the Apostle addressed the jumbled faith of the Corinthian believers when he attempted to alert them to use wisdom. When interacting with individuals who demonstrated a weak conscience, problems had eventually occurred and people were offended when the Corinthian Corinthian believers shared meals with the, the idolaters and had to decide whether to eat the meats previously sacrificed to idols served to them. It it would seem this was a significant significant problem Corinth was a city dominated by the influence of immoral, idolatry uh, tolerance for multiple religions and Hellenism the conscience of the believer of the new believers and the non-believers alike was sick the fear of the Lord as in respecting the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob was an unheard of concept and had yet to be developed furthermore compromising situation faced by the saint of the Corinth were very similar to what is faced in society, family, and church today. So we, in, in, in fact, may be facing a weak conscience in our society and church alike. Their conscience had not been thought adequately. There are many today who cannot clearly distinguish between right and wrong. Because they have not been thought properly. This is a weak conscience. And number three, under the conscience, ungodly conscience, is wounded or violated conscience. Wounded or violated conscience. According to the word of God, a weak conscience may become wounded or abusively violated if certain considerations are not taken when dealing with the weak conscience. I read from 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6-12. to 12. But to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom all art, whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him have it. There is not in every man that knowledge. For some, with conscience of the idol, unto this hour eat as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God. Neither, if we eat, are we the better. Neither, if we eat not, are we the worse. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. If any man see thee which has knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound a weak conscience ye ye sin against Christ a wounded conscience as defined by the Greek word translated for wound means to, to, to thump or pummel something with repeated blows resulting in offense or unjust punishment a weak conscience becomes wounded when stronger willed people or even Christian individuals, in the case of this biblical passage, repetitively beat down the already weak will of another by denying the weaker individual the right to, right of standing up for what they believe to be true, or according to conscience, it generally occurs when someone is forced to do something. Be something or use something that he or she feels is wrong. Not being allowed the right to maintain personal choice and individuality. Persons who have experienced such abuse have difficulty in personalizing or recognizing God's voice. They often feel an unidentified anger or grief from the unresolved or end-end conflict and struggle with what they can't name. In most cases the violated individual would deny that he or she has been helped in order to protect the person who broke them. This occurs in all sorts of situations and environment, even Christian cycles. The book of Revelation of Jesus Christ cites the example of the Nicolaitans whose name is aden- defined as conquering the laity. Revelation chapter 2, 6 and then we read 15. But this thou hast, that thou hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. God hates the doctrine of the Nicolaitans because it ignores individuality in favor of the absolute command of the leadership. This condition occurs when strong individuals break down the will of those incapable of standing up for themselves and affect individuals or persons whose conscience is weak, wounding them by causing unnecessary offenses through being restrained and broken. Bear in mind that some people will be offended no matter what condition their conscience is often because they have no respect for decisions of the leadership. But this is not the case in the connection with this condition of conscience. The roots for this doctrine originate in an ancient ruler named Nimrod, the founder of ancient Babylon, and one whose influence affects dictatorial leaders throughout history. Nimrod, whose name means rebellion, was said to be a mighty hunter before God. Genesis chapter 10, verse 8 to 14. Zacush was the father of Nimrod. He began to be a valiant warrior on the earth. He was a great mighty hunter before the Lord. That is why it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The primary regions of his kingdom were Babel, Erech, Akkad, Kalner, in the land of Shinar. From that land he went to Assyria. Where he built Nineveh, Rehobothr, Kala, and Risen, which is between Nineveh and the great city of Kala. Mizri was the father of the Ludites, Anamites, Lehabite, Naphhtutites, the Perusite, Casluite, from the Philistine king and Castor writes, Hallelujah. These are huge, huge names. Hallelujah. But my concern is where Nimrod's name is mentioned. So let's let's continue. Various theologi- theological scholars all state that the most accurate translation of this passage is that Nimrod was a mighty hunter of men. One of the points made in Matthew Henry's commentary on Genesis chapter ten, verse six to fourteen, states that Nimrod guarded men under his command. In order to make himself master of the country and to bring the people into subjection by violently invading their properties and rights, persecuting the innocent and taking everything for him by forceful hostility. The Septuagint states that he was a mighty hunter against the Lord, therefore the practice of a wounding of wounding a conscience is not new at all in our kingdom it is not new on earth it has been there since hallelujah the wounded conscience originates with an inconsiderate dominating mindset stemming from the ancient founder of babylon this condition of conscience is undoubtedly going to increase to increase reappear at the last day's manifestation of babylon resurgence or just on the earth. We need we need to take, make serious heed to this, least we practice with its scheme and wound the conscience of those we encounter as weak in the faith. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 8, 6 to 12 has this to say, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, the one Lord Christ Jesus, by whom all things, and by we, and we by him, habit there is not in every man that knowledge. For some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat, eat us a thing offered unto idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat, are we the better. Neither if we eat, are we the worse. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see this which has knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish. For whom God, for whom Christ died. But when ye sin, so against the brethren and wound your conscience, ye sin against Christ. So the wounded person, the one with the wounded conscience, he makes people sin against God, which is not right. Hallelujah another ungodly conscience or unhealthy conscience is called defiled conscience, defiled conscience defiled conscience defiled conscience the defiled conscience is mentioned specifically twice in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 7 and Titus chapter 1 verse 15 to 16 which is translated from two Greek words Moluno and Mayanu and both means to sustain. It essentially describes a conscience that has become contaminated ceremonially or morally and extinted by whatever has defiled it. It is therefore virtually untrustworthy. This, this deceitful condition of conscience is epitomized by denial. A default conscience says one thing, even attesting to great faith and fearing God, while living absolutely opposite of what it says, it believes conviction can't penetrate the self-deceived soul. So, targeting this conscience is, is especially difficult because it has become, it has come to accept and excuse the resulting behaviors as tolerable and it is very close to being seared. Faith dies when this condition is present, even though the person possessing such a conscience makes a great claims of knowing God and may make excuses for the mixture of beliefs and practices. The devout conscience will be on the rise in the last days when believers choose to embrace the ways and teachings of Babylon over the teachings of the Bible. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 7 the Bible says, Habit there is not in every man that knowledge, for some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it, it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Hallelujah. I. Let me read Titus 1 15 to 16. Unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled, and unbelieving as nothing pure but even their mind and conscience is defiled they they profess that they know God but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate Paul the Apostle speaks of this conscience as defiled since these people had a defiled conscience it is likewise possible that a defiled conscience. Defiled simply means contaminated. One with a defiled conscience is one who is so polluted that he cannot ascertain good from evil because his standard is corrupt. Paul is a perfect example of this. He could not recognize right from wrong because his conscience, his chosen norm was incorrect. Denominationalist. Able to determine right from wrong because they are committed to a false premise. They depend on their feelings to guide them in the right way. One will say he knows he is right because he he just feels deep inside of him that he is. But one may feel that he is right in, in a certain matter when actually he's in error. Remember Paul that there's many conscience related and yet defiled and therefore the person is in error. Defiled conscience cannot receive any good thing. Defiled conscience can never receive any good advice too. The conscience can birth itself in your mind. This defiled conscience, it can birth itself in your mind. Hallelujah. I hope you are following. It's, it's difficult but I'm trying to break it down for you to understand the various conscience especially under the ungodly conscience. Now we move to evil conscience. In actuality, an unseen person is spiritually dead. Consequently, the conscience of the unbeliever is dead, not entirely trustworthy, although still function yet under the domination of Satan. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 states that those who draw near to God with a true heart in full assurance of faith have had your hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Let's draw near with a heart. A true heart in fullness of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and having a body washed with pure water. Hallelujah. The conscience of the unceived is described as evil. The word evil in Greek is poneros. Which is translated, speaks of hateful evil in effect or influence as originating from Satan's type of evil and mischief, and is morally corrupt and desperately needing salvation. It seldom hears the spirit of truth accurately. Paul says that these people must have their hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. What kind of conscience is an evil conscience? It is one that has not yet been seared, but that has been violated and Christ out because of one's guilt. This is an unhealthy sign. It nullifies a man that he has not done what he should do. It tells him that he has transgressed the law he has chosen for himself. It should make a man want to correct his waywardness. When a person has an evil conscience, When he is sincere, he is then ready to repent of his sins and make amends for them. There are many, I am sure, who do not have good conscience. There are many that know how to act better than they have. Romans 14.22 says, Has thou faith? Have Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemns not himself in that thing which he allowed evil conscience condemns you Adam and Eve condemned themselves voice of condemnation comes from an evil conscience the longer you live with guilt your will your evil conscience gains root the longer you live with guilt your evil conscience gains root the solution to an evil conscience is the sprinkling of the blood of Christ. The identity of man comes from within. Hallelujah. Now we move on to another conscience that is classified as ungodly or unhealthy and that is a seared conscience. Seared conscience. A seared conscience is one that has been rendered insensitive and does not feel conviction for sin or guilt because the in tenor and sometimes verbal repetitive excuses have been made for sinful behavior and attitudes, causing a cauterizing of the conscience ability to hear truth, repent and respond to the fear of God. There is a negative seared conscience and a positive seared conscience respectively. A negative seared conscience, for instance, will not yield to the conviction of sin. This person has slowly neglected the prompting of his conscience over an extended period of time, and so doesn't respond to it in, in to eat any longer. On the other, on the contrary, a positive seed conscience too has not been yielding to the prompting of the voice of his flesh and also to the voice of the devil. A typical example is giving and fasting. When in giving, you would have to be living a fasted life too. First Timothy 4, 1-2 says, Now the spirit speaketh expressly that, in latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirit and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Paul's first letter to Timothy warns, Believers that in the last days Christians will depart from the faith, paying attention to seducing spirit and doctrines of devil's order, while hypocritically, hypocritically speaking lies because their conscience is here. This passage is not written for unbelievers, it is directed towards the saint and indicates that this frightening, this sensitized condition of conscience will exist in the church before Jesus. Returns. A seared conscience is one in which the person has an I don't care attitude about their actions, consequences, or their behavior as it affects themselves or others. It may occur affecting all areas of life or generally according to the root of the self-willed reinforced by bitterness toward God or man. Christians need to understand that this is not just a possibility. It will happen. Therefore, it is of absolute necessity that right perspective of the spirit of truth and the teaching of the fear of the Lord is presented, in hopes that this prophetic warning can be avoided for as many persons as possible, and before it is too late. Spiritually, practically speaking, an individual conscience is generally formed by the time the child is three or four years old. By this age, the youngster had hopefully learned the following things. Number one, the child should have learned to understand basic principles of right and wrong behavior, along with a descendant from God's presence. Number two, the youngster should have also acquired a taste for counterfeit spirituality. Number three, the child should have developed a respect for authority figures, including God, along with a recognition of family structure. Finally, the conscience of a child needs to learn boundaries of respect, privacy, and, and ownership, and the consequences for violating these things. All these things considered enabled a person to be potentially open to lead the leading of the Holy Spirit and truth. But we cannot forget the importance of being born again and its effect on the inner man. That there are others who are in such a condition that it led Paul to speak of their conscience as being seared. Now the the, the word seared in Greek is the katariazo, katariazo. It means to, to sear to to, to to sear something or to make something insensitive in, 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 in the West. Cattle are, are branded with a hot iron. This branded removes the sensitivity from the seared portion of the skin. That there are some conscience that have been seared. The way a conscience becomes seared is, is by it repeatedly being run over. When one does something that the conscience, drawing from the dictates of the chosen authority, forbids it cries out to the offender to illustrate how one's conscience may be seared. Let us speak of this instance. Suppose one has been taught from his youth, from the scriptures that it is his duty to worship God on the last day. When he fails to do this, his conscience cries out, reminding him one time he misses and he is pricked in his heart by his offended conscience, but again and again he violates that which he knows to be right. Again and again he tramples underfoot his conscience until finally he can miss services with no feeling. Of having done evil at all. His conscience no longer cries out against his unrighteousness. He has so frequently walked over his protesting conscience until it cries out no longer. It is no longer sensitive to his transgression. This is what is meant by a seared conscience. The most precious and valuable restraining influence that a man has is his conscience. And there is but little hope for a man when his conscience no longer pricks him when he does evil. If he has conscience to cry out against his unrighteousness, he has nothing to condemn him in anything that he does. The seared conscience. Is the worst of all conscience because it puts people most beyond the hope of salvation. The seared conscience belongs to those who whose destiny is determined by their hardness. It often belongs to people who have sinned against the Holy Spirit and are irrevocably lost. Every already in his life, which which is classified as sin unto death by the believer whose who speaks evil against the move of the Holy Spirit or denies the Holy Spirit. John chapter 5 verse 6, First John chapter 1, 5 verse 16 says, If any man see his brother sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. The born again, man has the potential to receive the communication of truth, from the spirit of truth. However, until we learn how to target the conscience with a correct approach of this message, we will miss out on how the Holy Spirit speaks. Hopefully, this exposition on what the Holy Spirit targets will encourage you to learn, to listen, and pay attention to the inward witness of your conscience. A seared conscience is backed by the teachings or doctrines of devils and seducing spirits the conscience becomes numb and insensitive to the voice of the Lord. So, with this podcast, I touch on the the conscience that are considered ungodly or or unhealthy. In our previous podcast, I'm going to touch on conscience that are considered godly and healthy. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Walk in this consciousness. Shalom. Shalom.